your favorite artists 24-7. My music. This is RX Radio. Groove Cafe. This is the Groove Cafe on RX Radio, and I'm Crystal. You know I'm always excited to chat with my guests, hear their stories, learn a bit about what they're passionate about. And my guest today is a passionate storyteller. Now, she's the founder and CEO of Jungle Reigns Productions. That's a film production company. And uh, she is a multidisciplinary, passionate storyteller. We're talking script writing, directing, and she's looking at telling authentic, well-sculpted African stories from the African perspective. That's, That's what it's all about, right? Yeah, I have Sissy Nalumansi joining me on the Groove Cafe today. Uh, do your friends call you Sissy or Sissy? Uh, the friends call me Sissy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom calls me Mansi. She's the only one. Mansi! Yeah. I like how she shortened it. Yeah, Mansi. I, I don't know why she had to go through the trouble of naming me now Mansi. You need to call me Mansi. <laughs> Have you ever been tempted to just say, ah, let me remove the Nalu and I stay with the Mansi? I don't know where I would belong. I don't know. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Christa. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. I love that you are proudly telling African stories because there was such a huge gap for the longest time. But now we're doing that. Amen to that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm sure that your passion for storytelling goes even like way back to school times. Yeah. Is that it? That is very true, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I even started telling stories, I was first a passionate watcher. Like, I used to run off to video halls. <laughs> I was one of Did those. Did you get in black, trouble? Very much so, very <laughs> much so. My mom just couldn't beat me enough for me to listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would spend all my money, lunch money, you know, and the money they give you to go buy food, you know, because mm-hmm. you're alone at home. Mm-hmm. I would spend all of it in video halls. Meanwhile, no I, was, I used to be the only girl in that space and it was scary. And, you know, the video halls at that time used to have people that would smoke weed that were, you know, like that would scare like parents mm-hmm. if they got the idea that their kids were in such spaces yes. but that could not stop me and I thank God that nothing bad happened to me otherwise I would have been a victim of you know such spaces I'm so thankful to hear that <laughs> because as a mom I was like oh my god that's so scary my little girl in a space where I look back and I'm like what was I thinking because she started a shop somewhere mm-hmm. and she told me to man it mm-hmm. during vacation <laughs> and the moment <laughs> She would leave to go to work. You would go to the video Absolutely. And then make sure to come back just like 30 minutes before she comes back. Oh, man. Open it and pretend like we haven't done any business. Oh, no. I, re- I regret. I really do. How would you explain yourself? No customers the whole yeah, day? Yeah. I, I, I actually was the downfall of her business. <laughs> anyway, you know what? It's part of your story. <laughs> yes, and part of your passion for stories, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, so Sissy, where were you born then? Well, I was born born in Entebbe, mm-hmm. uh, uh, by Tababiri, that's where I was born. Uh-huh. But I, when my mom and dad separated, mm-hmm. we moved to Kampala. Okay. That's where I've been living. I was raised by my mom, mm-hmm. but recently I've, I've started to like sort of like bond with my dad, trying to bridge the space that was there because uh, we never communicated much when oh. we were growing up. So yeah. he wasn't really in your life growing yeah, up? Yeah, he was there a bit. Uh, the only time that he got, we got to go there for a vacation, he made sure we couldn't return to mom. So 
it was sort of a struggle glue so he grabbed you yeah, and he's so like, like now you're with me like, absolutely <laughs> it, it, but now we're trying to make it work and mm. it's it's been great so far that's yeah. i think the beauty of getting older yeah. is you start to look at your parents as just human beings yeah, with their flaws course, yes. and you forgive them yeah. and then the fact that you're trying to have a relationship that's yeah. very nice yeah. that's really I, nice. I i would hate to see them pass on without me having done the best i can to mm. sort of like work out this relationship mm-hmm. yeah that's powerful well yeah. done on you thank mm-hmm. you so thank growing you. up you said was here in Kampala with your mom yes, mostly yeah, yeah. where did you go to school I went to Boise Parent School. Mm-hmm. Then I went to MK Crown Academy. Okay. Which is now Avance University unfortunately. Oh. Yeah, it's in Aweru. Okay. It it was turned into a university now. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Caltech uh, okay. in Makere for my level mm-hmm. and I went to Macquarie University for my bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. And you did information technology. Yes, I did. Yes. IT. Yes, I did. And yet here we are in film. Absolutely. It's <laughs> crazy how this, you know, life turns you around. Uh-huh. Um I never thought I would be doing film. Mm-hmm. But you know I couldn't like shake off the feeling that I was in a wrong career path. Mm-hmm. Even at the university there were times when others were busy coding you know because it's it's what bonds us you know as it people yes. but i was busy writing scripts and i didn't even know how to write them like conventionally what do you mean so was it like just stories yeah i funny thing i didn't have a laptop when i joined the university mm-hmm. even though i was doing it so i would go to the laboratories and try to sort of like write my scripts and then at the end of the semester they would like refresh and uninstall the windows so oh. the next time i go back like in semester 2 then i would have to rewrite that oh, story no. it's called rosa it's never come off it's like, all gone it's and you have gone. to start again then, yeah so i rewrote the story like 5 7 different times until i gave up Mm-hmm. I was like okay that was my rehearsal now. That was what Rosa? You even remember yes, the story yes, was yes, Rosa. Yeah. What was it about? It was a vindictive sort of story of a girl who was poorly treated mm-hmm. and then she comes back to you know her parents were killed and all her land grabbed. Weirdly the concept of land grabbing came back in Namudu we'll talk about that. Okay. But, so now as she was trying to reclaim herself, her dignity, her pride, her her land her property mm-hmm. yeah that, that that is really what the story was about but you know in the past i didn't even know this the straight way of telling a story like mm-hmm. somebody wants something badly but they're having trouble getting it mm-hmm. so i was just learning on the ropes mm-hmm. yeah by then imagine and that thing was in you you yes. you just had to keep doing yeah, it did I you share to. it with anyone or was it like your special secret i was afraid that mm. probably it might not be my idea anymore if somebody had about it <laughs> you know uh-huh. those times where you feel like this is my idea it's going to be my breakthrough mm-hmm. if people get to know it then i'll see it on screen the next day yes. maybe that's why i did and even. unfortunately that's the case for many people yes absolutely i've seen it happen i've seen great stories a flip from one hand to another like stories change hands mm-hmm. and eventually somebody loses their story But at the end of the day I I tell this to my students mm-hmm. that you have to share because the moment you don't share you can't show how good your story is you can't prove how good it is mm-hmm. sometimes things are really good in our minds but when we speak about them when we talk about them then we get to see their flaws and we try to twitch them and see how to mm-hmm. make them better that's when other people identify all the plot yes. holes they're yes. like oh actually yeah. i never thought about yeah, that yeah, yeah, right absolutely yeah. okay mm-hmm. so you did it yes, you graduated did. yes how did we end up in film and production Well um I was never passionate about IT. Okay. 
mm-hmm. I did it because Macquarie University put it as a course I could do and I think that is also a fault in our education system mm-hmm. that we are That's given That's the option you were given. I was given that, yeah. So I did it but after I sat back and I was like is this how I'm going to spend the rest of my life behind a computer coding things that are make me dull and mm-hmm. dumb and mm-hmm. depressed. So I continued to write my stories. By then my mom had already noticed how passionate I was about film mm-hmm. so she introduced me to a downtown filmmaker called Daniel Chigondo. Mm-hmm. So when I went there I was the pro because I was like oh my god she can write so she's going to be writing all our stories and I didn't even know how to write so <laughs> I just <laughs> sorry I just kept writing mm-hmm. and it's from there that Multi Choice Talent Factory picked me. Okay up. okay did you apply for that? Yes. For the program? Mm-hmm. It was an in- intense application mm-hmm. i think that yeah 3000 people across africa applied and only 60 were selected wow. imagine that okay. being one of the the victors in such a very intense selection process mm-hmm. made me feel like i'm already a winner and made me feel like yes this is exactly what i have to be doing mm-hmm. otherwise i wouldn't be in this space okay what year was this 2019 2018 yes 2018 yeah we started in 2018 and we finished in 2019 in 19 okay yeah, we are the inaugural class actually <laughs> yeah. so it must have been very intense going into that you know like you said you know you'd had your passion for storytelling you've been writing 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 and now you get into like a serious training right yes. how was that well first of all it was <laughs> it was scary scary yeah. what, did you feel like oh my gosh do i have what it takes no imagine being put in a space with people you've never met before from mm-hmm. different countries mm-hmm. we were with ethiopians we were with kenyans tanzanians ugandans people that i just met for the first time mm-hmm. and we are getting all these instructors coming from every part of the country every part of the world yes. to just come and speak to us about film so fitting in at first was a problem mm. and so i go to the director and i tell her i am not used to sharing spaces is it okay if you know i get some privacy over here and there you are supposed to eat at the same table oh, you're you're together to, all the time all the time mm-hmm. yes yeah and so i told her at first and when i told her she did the opposite she gave me a roommate <laughs> <laughs> take you out of your comfort zone right she gave me a roommate and she's now my best friend from nairobi uh-huh. but um getting into that space and exploring new things mm. it, it reached a point and it was very exciting it sparked it it got me to spaces that i didn't think i had mm. or i could reach mm-hmm. and that actually helped me to open up my mind to new possibilities mm. new story ideas new collaborations right now it's easy for me to just walk into a space talk to anyone a funder or whoever because i'm used to strangeness i'm mm. used to being around people that i actually don't know. oh wow yeah. that's a great takeaway yeah. and also your talent was developed yes very very much very much by the time i left i actually See before I left I had given my hand at producing a film it's mm-hmm. called The Village Champion so I had done it I don't know if you remember a story of a guy called Suvi Henry who was ashamed with a suitcase I don't know sometime back mm-hmm. uh, yeah yes yes, yes. yes. The, the metal the metal yes that dude mm-hmm. so then I do a story that 
looks like that mm. somehow it was very coincidental but i did a story of another guy whose story is as triumphant as that one yeah. so the reason why i did it was to raise money mm-hmm. for university students that are struggling because i was one of them at one point mm. and an organization sponsored my last years at the university so i was giving back and i told them i'm going to do a film for you mm. so that we can get money out of it so i did that film before multi choice talent factory and It wasn't that good production wise as you know because <laughs> well, I was you were learning. <laughs> yes, I was learning. But you know what's funny mm-hmm. is when I came back from multi choice and we did a screening at National Theatre. Mm-hmm. It was a full house. Like it was a full house. All pavilions were filled up and then I even got an invitation to Oxford University just to go to do another fundraising, oh, you know, wow. sort of screening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all these pieces coming together to make sense. like you're doing something to give back but it's pushing you in another direction of your career mm-hmm. and it's from that that I got the power to know that I can really tell great stories and mm. people will definitely come and watch and it doesn't matter the rudimentary tools that you're using mm-hmm. as long as it's a great story a people, great story yeah. and you're passionate about telling Absolutely, it yeah. oh there you go yeah. you see you think you, it wasn't so good and yet it just I, I kept like hitting my head the entire time I was like oh my god and strangely <laughs> During that time we got robbed. Like all oh, they had discs, all the computers were stolen. I think that was two weeks to the screening. Oh man. Yeah, it was it was stress. A lot of it. I been thinner. I got thinner <laughs> than this. I got thinner but mm. in the end I've learned on the ropes like I said because mm. I used not to be an editor. But looking at how my editor was robbed mm. and the only footage I had was just the backups I had made. I had to sit back home and edit. I was editing at a slow rate, but I made it. Mm-hmm. So that's how I, I'm an underdog, really. Like I'm learning as I go because of the circumstances of life. I've never been like in that space where I'm like, yeah, you have a full year of no responsibilities, mm-hmm. just you learning. No, it's, it's been never been like that for you. Mm-hmm. Learn. cook so that you eat uh-huh, <laughs> that uh-huh. sort of thing yeah. okay well you've been learning on the job yeah. isn't that the best experience in many ways it must be though <laughs> it's hard dressing you know <laughs> when you know your life depends on it because people had bought their tickets mm-hmm. now how do there i there was tell- no way you could disappoint them no we had paid for spaces people were already promising to come how was i going to just go on social media and say we were robbed Therefore please come back for your money. Oh, I'm taking your money. I don't know. I'm so sorry. I'm But you so know sorry. there are some people who do <laughs> <Yeah>. that. They'll <laughs> just look at this immense challenge and they're like I can't handle. Absolutely. Guys, yeah. I'm sorry. This is no, what happened. No, I wouldn't do that. So I, you did I can't not give up. No, I didn't give up. Mm-hmm. And probably that explains why I somehow have managed to do a few other things mm-hmm. not in the easiest way mm-hmm. but I managed to do Namudu that film that was nominated and yes. I did it in in a way that was unbelievable because we were in covid and then it was one of the first commissions of Mnet mm-hmm. so I am given the money and I'm told go out and shoot a film and it's covid and we are so scared you know all those restrictions coming mm-hmm. up and we had to travel out of town with the team to shoot mm-hmm. and it was my first feature and being on set I'm writing I'm directing I'm producing Yeah mm-hmm. you can Im- I left set when I had red eyes like red <laughs> eyes from so much thought so much stress mm-hmm. but I also had a great team and no wonder I'm very very excited that it's been nominated because mm-hmm. it was a lot of struggle yes yeah 
well, that's where some of the beauty comes from, the struggle. Yeah, <laughs> right that's there. So sure. No, you're talking about COVID times, the mm. permissions to travel. It was so difficult. So well done. Thank you. We almost got arrested twice. <laughs> <laughs> I what happened when, where? No, we were shooting in Namusera. It's near, it's in Wakiso. Mm-hmm. We were shooting because it's a traditional setting of life. So these officers come, we are shooting at one in the morning mm-hmm. and they come and they're like, what are you doing? You are robbing people or what? We're like, no, we are not. We're just shooting a film. Shooting alone is a dangerous word. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's when I realized every word we use in film is dangerous. You have to be careful. (laughs) Action. Shoot. Kill the lights. (laughs) We'll kill the lights. I swear that's what we kill the lights. No, kill this. Action. Cut. Those words are boom. (laughs) I never thought about it that way. Boom. Because I was explaining this is a boom and they're like, what? Is it a bomb? Is it a boom? Oh man, those are interesting, <laughs> funny memories, I have to say. Oh wow, okay, so there was drama I on that it. shoot and yeah. it's been nominated. Tell it us is, about the yeah. nomination. So well, um, Kalasha mm-hmm. has been running for I think 12 years mm-hmm. and um, I was actually not going to submit the film because uh, the requirement, I didn't know if I was ready for it, you know, getting the media, um, what is it called, the rating from the media council and okay. all that. Uh-huh. So, and then the people in Nairobi are like, submit, you have to submit this film. So I submit, and I know many Ugandans did, mm-hmm. and Namudu comes out as the only film representing Uganda. Well, there you so go. <laughs> you can imagine the mm-hmm. excitement. Probably that's why my voice died, because <laughs> looking at how the competition was from the other countries, because yes. percentage of it is, we vote okay. as, as the audience. So I go to my church, the worship house in Nansana, mm-hmm. and I stand there at security every morning mm-hmm. during when there are events there. And I'm telling everyone, give me your phone, you have to vote. <laughs> so through talking, like... That's why we lost our that's voice. How, that's how we lost my voice. This is not her real voice if you're listening right now. I mean, it's, it sounds lovely and husky. <laughs> But she's been using it big time. Mm-hmm. But congratulations on your nomination. You and you've worked on quite a few award-winning productions as yes. well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell I, us a bit about that. I write Sanyu. I'm mm-hmm. one of the writing team. I don't know if you watch that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also write Mama and Me. It's also a commission by Mnet. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote Borders. It's it's Daphne and Pierre's production. Mm-hmm. All those are television dramas. Uh, I've written a couple of feature films, some mm-hmm. of which have not made it to screen. You know, Uganda. Mm-hmm. Uganda, you do a nice script and then they go to shoot it and things happen and probably in post-production something happens. And it never and comes out. never comes out, which mm-hmm. is very sad mm-hmm. for someone that does a project, not because we are already in the financial space to benefit from the project but because you're looking for people to see and to connect resonate with the story mm-hmm. but yeah i've worked on a couple of films here and there okay yeah and when <coughs> did you start your production company i started it in july 2019 mm-hmm. when i came back for a break we usually got breaks to come back and just eat some local food you know that sort <laughs> of it was intense eating kenyan food for an entire <laughs> I'm sorry, it's, it's not the best food in the no world. No offense to Kenyan food, but we like our supu as yes. Ugandans, and oh, it's kind of dry. So dry. Mm-hmm. It's so dry. The meat is not frosted, mm-hmm. so I was having issues. 
So, You're missing our food. <laughs> I was missing food. And mm-hmm. when my mom came to visit, I told her, pack a lot of binyewa and come with it. <laughs> so when I came back, I thought about starting a company because I've always looked to bring local energies. I was part of Cox Studio, the last edition. Mm-hmm. So I saw how productions are crossing over from Hollywood mm-hmm. or other parts of the world just to Kenya and not to Uganda and i've also noticed recently the only countries in africa that are considered to be involved in film are three south africa nigeria and kenya mm-hmm. the other opportunities don't cross over so i'm like okay what do i do and i was like let me establish a company that can be used as a local servicing production company mm-hmm. whereby can we tap can tap into these yes, opportunities yeah, co-productions and all And luckily when Kemi Ondo I don't know if you know Kemi Ondo Yes Kemi yeah, mm-hmm. when she um, did the 5405 funding my my story was one of the ones selected mm. so they gave me that $5000 to do a film a short film and when I did it turns out most of my executive producers were based in Hollywood including Tika Sumpta who mm. is a big deal And then I got an amazing woman Lolia Etomi who has been guiding me like every step of the way. Let's do this. Let's do this. I'm trying to bring you here. I want to take you to Hollywood. I want to do this. So she's helping me tap into that space mm-hmm. where I believe like my company can benefit more because to me I'm looking to bring them here mm. instead of them taking me to Hollywood because I believe Hollywood is well established. Uganda needs the energy back home. Mm-hmm. So I've been writing on a, uh, working on a story and I, I've been telling her I need you to bring everyone here so that we do this you know this story i like then, that and that yeah. takes me also back to you know earlier when we talked about telling african stories we yeah. need to tell them from our perspective yes. and that has to be done here right no offense but i watched uh, the woman king recently mm-hmm. how did you feel about it i, I didn't finish it Oh I'm wow. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't finish it because somehow I felt it was invigorating to watch. Like um this is a story that even the writer was white. Mm, you like, can feel it. Yes. How do you place yourself in our shoes to tell our story thinking that it's the way we would have told it? Like mm. I couldn't connect. I'm not Nigerian, but I knew the accent was fake. Yeah. I knew everything was fake. The dressing, the costume and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why not Now I was talking to my friend is out there. I told him why not just get that money that you guys have mm-hmm. invest it back here so that you equip us to tell these stories better than you would. You can still make your money. Why do you want to be the one to come and influence the way yes. stories are being yes. told? Or for more authenticity they should have involved lots of yes. African writers and yes. costume designers and all yes. of that so it would be more. It got a lot of criticism. Mm. People talked oh, about, yeah. you know, yes, of course, mm. Viola Davis is amazing, yeah, yeah, yeah. but mm. um they're like, but you know, something missing. missing it wasn't yes, believable. Yeah. It wasn't African. Mm. It was set up in an African setting. Mm. And also because the um, the topics that it was the themes that it was addressing were a bit conflicting in mm. regards to history. Uh-huh. But so even that was a punch for them, but then again, the authenticity of the story wasn't there. So that's what I want to change. I know other people are doing it so I won't come out like I'm the savior or what but I know that if we continue to tell more authentic African stories mm-hmm. and also change the perspective 
why does it always have to be the white supremacy mm-hmm. on all our stories when the white man comes yes everything is perfect save us save us <laughs> yes save us most of them are even broke much more what Thank you. We had a conversation <laughs> recently. And it was actually one of my aunts who lives, I think, uh, abroad. She's lived there all her life. And yeah. she said, I don't understand. You know, when you meet very many of, mm. please, no offense, but so many of the young white people who come to Africa, yeah. they really are struggling. struggling. They're struggling. Yeah. And then when they come here, somehow, um, a lot of us, as Ugandans, we treat them like they're yeah, superior. Yeah, yeah. So Even in church, when a white person is seen at the back, there is that need for them to be moved to the to front. The, what is that about? <laughs> it is neocolonialism. I think we just have to debunk the notions Thank you. of all these things that we, you know, so that we can gain our independence. But also it depends on how we frame the stories we are telling. Mm-hmm. Are we telling them to worship them more? Mm-hmm million years later are we still doing that are we telling them that we can survive on our own mm-hmm. like we have everything here to make it i was so inspired by uh this ukrainian president zelensky mm-hmm. followed me zelensky mm-hmm. he was an actor i don't yes, know yes he was an actor he was an actor an and, mm-hmm. yeah and then he did this film called servant of the people it's mm-hmm. actually on netflix mm-hmm. and he does it and in the story He's trying to change the policies of the country. He's a teacher that gets elected to office. Mm-hmm. So when he gets elected to office, people who elected him are like, do exactly what you did in, you know, in that video. Mm-hmm. So in real life, they sort of vote him to do what he did in the film. Mm-hmm. That's how he gets to power as the Ukrainian <laughs> president right now, from being an actor in a story that he actually didn't even write. Mm-hmm. See, that's how powerful media is. Mm-hmm. So if media can influence people to vote someone who acted as president in a film to be president in real life mm-hmm. then there is so much power we possess as storytellers to change and influence and if we want to keep on telling neocolonialistic stories mm-hmm. stories that show that we are inferior that we can't achieve anything without the touch of the white man mm-hmm. then that is how it's going to go yeah. it's upon us to change the narrative and the perspective absolutely because what you were saying about that inferiority complex yeah. it also like the power of the media because if all your life all you see is yeah. these faces yeah. as leaders as saviors yeah. as heroes that's yeah. what you're seeing yeah. your entire life so when you meet them face to face you're like ah, I know. okay what can I do for you i know no 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 we're changing this we're <laughs> we changing the change. narrative we have to change the narrative we oh really my goodness have to, yeah. so it's so exciting <laughs> it just listening to you i can't wait to see all the projects you're going to be working Amen. on Amen. and again congratulations to you on your nomination um as we wrap up you are a teacher as well yes. you're lecturing i do lecture at victoria university mm-hmm. i do filmmaking when did you start <laughs> lecturing? I think that was a year ago. Okay. Yeah, but um I took a short break because I was doing master classes with Uganda Communications Commission mm-hmm. and we are moving uh, into these places across the different regions in the country mm-hmm. where I was teaching people about film and okay. all that. So then I took a short break, but uh I am still as tough there, no worries. Okay. So, are you enjoying it? You said Victoria University. Yes. Do you yeah. enjoy lecturing? Uh, it takes a lot of uh, talking. <laughs> talking is a lot. But also maybe one of the challenges that I think I've faced with being a lecturer, mm. mostly to people 
who are almost your age bracket mm-hmm. is somehow they think what you're telling them might not be as authentic as if it were coming out of a man who is 70 years old uh-huh. you know yeah. that sort of thing like oh is she to sort of like tell me about <laughs> this like yeah mm-hmm. but at the end of the day it goes back to how passionate you are because passion can be seen in your words in your voice when you're passing on this information to somebody and you're telling them yeah this is how we are going to do this mm-hmm. they get it they get it because they see that it's passion that is binding all of us together all right yeah. well Susie thank you so much for joining me I'm so inspired by this conversation I'm like <laughs> and I can't wait to see uh, what you're going to be working on and you know the people who pass through your hands because that's the influence mm-hmm. you know you have your students and so many other people that are watching you as well and learning from you yeah. and you're sharing your gift so thank, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story here thank you very much with us on the Groove thank, Cafe thank you so much it was really really amazing being in this space I don't know if it's the light, but this place is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I enjoyed being here. Thank you for being warm and for having me and for this conversation together. Oh, please let people subscribe to my channel. They can follow me on social media under Sisi Nalmansi, Mm -hmm. on Twitter, on YouTube, Sisi Nalmansi. Subscribe to my website, Mm www.sisinalmansi.com. Or they can uh, follow me on Instagram as Sisi Lala. Sissy Lala on Sissy Instagram. Lala. Yes, okay. Yes. All right. We will do. Thank Thanks for coming through. Thank you very much. Groove Cafe.